I'll play back the levels the way you set them. Say it on me. Hey, pussy, are you still there? Lee. I back. People are always saying about the talk, and I talk, and I talk, and I talk, but guess who can walk? I back it up. I back it up. That means it's time to roll, baby. You got nothing going on between your ears, buddy. Hey, John, do you think I'm just going to sit there and let you kill me, John? I mean, really. I think I could beat every girl in my division with one hand. That guy's such a dick. I mean, you show your true colors after a fight. That fucking guy comes up to me. You know who you are, huh? I don't have much left to say other than you have seen nothing yet. <laughs> Hope to God you come ready. I'm Michael Morgan and welcome to this week's episode of The Wocast. Joining me as always, my sister from another mister, it's G from WoTV. What up, Mike? How are you? Well, you know something? I'm still in shock. I mean, for those listening to this uh, Wocast, this is basically being recorded literally, um, for me, an hour after hearing about, you know, the sad and quite tragic news of... Kobe Bryant, who um, was killed uh, along with his daughter, has emerged, um, according to TMZ, was killed in a helicopter accident. So this is a little bit raw. It's a little bit um, of an emotional time because not that I followed basketball, but, you know, I can't think of, you know, um, that many people in my social circle who haven't heard of Kobe Bryant, the giant who basically... I feel, um, you know, he gave his all in basketball and left quite a lasting legacy. He's a total giant who's going to be incredibly missed. Oh, absolutely. And um, coming from stateside, I know that my phone is actually blowing up with text messages like, have you heard? And then my yeah. all my social media feeds are full of like shock and also just extreme sadness and grief, especially being that his 13-year-old daughter, Gianna, um, Bryant is also a tragic victim of this helicopter crash, and they were just seen recently courtside. So you'll be seeing a lot of that also in the media. And it was just recent that they were seen courtside. So it hits home for a lot of people, and he is an American NBA icon for many here. And if see, I hadn't actually, I hadn't actually appreciated that the meme I thought it was that I saw last week um, of him. Kobe Bryant and Gianna courtside. I didn't know how recent that was, but it seemed to be doing the rounds. And, you know, just like a week later, just to see him, you know, well, see his life actually tragically cut short along with his daughter. It's it's a bit hard to actually process, a bit hard to take in. Yeah, and according to like previous media reports and just like their story, Mike, apparently she wanted to fill his shoes and she was also a little basketball player. And it breaks my ah. heart to report that they were actually taking a helicopter to one of her basketball games. And he was just going to be mm. a doting dad and support her. And this tragic accident happened. That's why he was with his daughter. So this is just heartbreaking in every level, way, shape possible at the moment. You know, I, I know, obviously, you know, for those listening and, you know, our normal talking point is obviously combat sports, particularly mixed martial arts. But, you know, I just feel that given the impact that this individual, you know, Kobe Bryant has had on the sport, um, on sport full stop, given his stature, given, you know, his, his standing, um, it's kind of like I, I feel fitting to actually, you know, mention, you know, such a giant and, you know, just I, I really hope that he rests in peace. But, you know, it, it's also sickening to see people coming out of the woodwork, especially it being so raw and so fresh, um, to be passing comment. I mean, one of the those who I, I saw on Twitter earlier, which I have to say, I'm really hoping, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm almost banking that this must have been some kind of Twitter hack, was uh, Ari Shafir. Ari Shafir um, tweeted, you know, we're talking like, an hour after, mm-hmm. you know, um, Kobe Bryant's passing, he actually, I mean, to, to read these words which are before me in a tweet, these are his words, Ari Shafir commented, Kobe Bryant died 23 years ago too late today. He got away with rape because of all the Hollywood liberals who attack comedy, enjoy rooting for the Lakers more than they dislike rape. Big ups to the hero who forgot to gas up his chopper. I hate the Lakers what a great day. Fuck the Lakers. Now, again, I'm really hoping that, you know, the person who actually put that together as a tweet wasn't Ari Shafir. I'm really hoping that he was hacked. I'm really hoping that, you know, 
whoever put that together, you know, can really find it in themselves to really reflect on what is a quite a tragic, um, a, a tragic accident, so it would seem, and find it in themselves, you know, possibly to remove that because I, I found that quite disgusting. I mean, in all honesty, though, I don't know the circumstances if indeed there is any substance to what's actually alleged in that tweet, but. You know, I, I, I do find, considering that Ari Shafir is supposedly an edgy comedian, that this might be a little bit too close to the knuckle, especially considering we are literally hours removed, if indeed he did actually tweet that. Um, he probably tweeted that. Did you just mention he was like an edgy comedian? Um, you know how it... Yeah. Well, you know how it goes, Mike. These people hide behind a profile on, you know... Twitter and you can just say whatever you want with no consequences and then you get rewarded for that. I'm looking at the tweet, this filthy d- tweet that you just mentioned and it already has 2k likes and 304 retweets. That was what he wanted and that's what he got. I totally believe this. He probably wasn't hacked. And Mike, be prepared to see more. He's getting attention from this, so therefore there'll be other people that pop up and they're going to bring up the allegations and try to mar this person's, you know, legacy and whatnot and yes he had a controversial past but mike is it really the time to kind of take a you know <laughs> to be this disrespectful to somebody especially being that his child yeah. also died as well and people exactly. are mourning That's a really good point yeah people are mourning this really isn't just about kobe bryant like a team of people went down with him as well as the the pilot has family his child went with him as well that child has a mother and siblings at home that weren't expecting this and this is really not the time to say hey i hate the lakers and fuck the lakers and yada 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 it's just it's just the filth that comes with the day and age of all this online bullshit, you know? So mm. just be prepared for more, Mike. And don't be surprised if Man. he wasn't hacked. Edgy comedian. This is what they do, unfortunately. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, I feel, you know, it's with a heavy heart that, you know, he, he has passed. And I feel, you know, we may need to kind of like leave that where it is as it is an emergent story and um you know rest in peace Absolutely. kb bryant but the weekend uh we've just seen um i have to say was uh a, a full one for mixed martial arts particularly with the ufc rocking up and bellator rocking up on the same night we saw bud versus cyborg Headline, um, Bellator 1-2-8. And also, UFC Fight Night, which was headlined by Blade versus Dos Santos. Now, sorry, um, Bellator 2-3. I said Bellator 2-2-8, didn't I? I believe uh, so. 2-3-8. Correct. Um, I have to say, in the run-up to this we're going to touch on this after i feel um we have a look at the highlights or the talking points right. of um ufc um fight night blades versus de santos um i have to say um in the run-up to bellator i put out a tweet and it basically was along the lines of why is um well why is cyborg and julie bud flying under the radar the amount of i would say largely constructive in terms of tone in terms of responses in terms of replies that i received was absolutely incredible and a a lot of those we're going to try and feature and mention those people who actually put themselves forward and um uh commented and i have to say largely constructively but first up let's have a look in terms of talking points what actually occurred ufc fight night blades versus Dos Santos in terms of results for me mm-hmm. you know what you know where I'm going straight away <laughs> the British are coming <laughs> the British are coming Arnold Allen and for me and uh rightly so um, 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 um Brett Johns there was a reason why Brett Johns actually got fight of the night that was an incredible exchange um both in terms of their tenacity, and I'm talking about Arnold Allen and Brett Johns, the tenacity and the way in which, you know, they gutted it out. Neither of them was prepared to back down. Both of them were fully engaged and, you know, with their foot on the accelerator, and they were taking it to their respective opponents. I want to start off, though, with Brett Johns. 
you and I know mm-hmm. um, Brits have this reputation and it's ongoing. It's an ongoing reputation that we can't wrestle for shit. <laughs> but if, if memory serves me correctly, his, his, um, his opponent, um, 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 God, his, his, his name escapes me straight off the bat. Um, I got you. I'll Tony to Gravely. Gravely. There you go. Tony Gravely. Um, if memory serves me right, isn't he a D1 uh, wrestler? I believe so. Ding, ding, ding. Now, considering that us Snaggletooth Brits are renowned for our stand-up but disrespected for our wrestling, <laughs> he hung in there. And not only did he hang in there, some slick jits and I think some real... Um, Real crafty wrestling actually, you know, got him the finish in the end. And he needed that because we're talking about Brett Johns, who was on the two fight skid. We're talking about Brett Johns, who basically was fighting for his career. And it was kind of like evident that if he didn't actually secure that victory by way of, uh, if memory serves me right, it was a real naked choke. choke. And it was a deep choke as well. It was nasty. And, 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 And it wasn't for want of trying. I mean, there were several attempts at that, but he finally secured what I think was a pretty um gutsy performance which ended in that tremendous finish and he 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 truly should be applauded and you know it's it's evident why he got 50 g's baby yeah oh yeah he definitely got that um fight of the night and they both deserved it i mean the blogs and mma twitter we were just having so much fun with this fight because it was just nothing but so much fun with the grappling and the exchanges and a lot of fans don't really get into that too much but this was so much fun because there was just so many just transitions and changes and takedowns and it was just it just kept me at the edge of my seat and then you know shout out to johns because he did he did rep the uk properly because everybody talks shit about how you guys have no wrestling exactly and i like how this guy is kind of quieting that noise down a bit and i've also heard that you know um a lot of uk fighters are definitely working on it they're trying to catch up and this shows that they are right here because he looked great he looked phenomenal and he didn't look like oh i'm just gonna fight off the takedown he looked like he knew what he was doing he was going for you know different chokes and then look at the final at the submission finally he gets the choke at the end and wins the match i mean this guy's been working on his grappling and i like that he represented the uk and he kind of puts that stereotype to the side a bit you know and again in terms of talking points for me um arnold allen arnold allen bought the fire now considering that a lot of people thought that you know nick lentz was actually going to go in there and basically get steamrolled i have to say he was in he, he was in the fight i would say 100 percent of the time in there he wasn't taking a backward step and it seemed as though you know he was, he was well he was trying to show people look fuck you you think i'm coming in here to get rolled over oh absolutely and i think people that aren't familiar with nick lentz maybe newer viewers or maybe you know the casuals that aren't familiar with him don't know that he fights like a dog and he's ever improving even though in this loss he's still improving and he stays in guys faces he backs them up he mixes it up well and he's tough as shit and arnold handled him quite well however I do have some concerns, Michael, and I did want to bring them to your attention. I thought Arnold Allen looked good. I think he won the fight. He put, um, offensively, he had quite more output than Nick Lentz, and it showed on Nick Lentz's face. However, he seemed really hittable. And I worry that when Arnold Allen fights somebody like Josh Emmett, even a Sadiq Sadiq Youssef, or maybe even a Shane Burgo, someone that's going to stay in his face and has the boxing to compete with him and the speed, I worry that Arnold Allen is going to get hit. He got hit quite a few times. He's very hittable. Did you see that at all? Or did you leave this fight with confidence that he's going to, you know, fare well against Josh Emmett or somebody that's, you know, a bit more talented and better with their striking? You didn't, you're not worried at all? You know, people thought that, you know, he was going to go in there and steamroller, um, you know, Nick Lentz. I think... I, I don't want to be the dissenting voice here on, on these shores, but I think um, he struggled ever so slightly. It. I don't know if it's struggle, Mike. I just saw that he got hit yes. a lot by Nick <laughs> Lentz. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he didn't struggle with Nick Lentz. He just got hit too much. 
And I don't know if it's defensive holes or if he just did not respect Nick Lentz's power, but that's something that if he was to face Josh Emmett as, you know, as he was supposed to, I don't think he can get hit that much. And Josh, the same openings that Nick Lentz saw that he was able to capitalize on and hit Arnold with, Josh hits harder than him. (laughs) So is there a possibility that we could see Arnold you know, really hurt or knocked out if he p- faces a, a power puncher like Josh Emmett. Because, you know, Josh Emmett is no Nick Lentz, brother. Like, he hits hard. So I'm a little concerned. The, the fight didn't leave me thinking, oh, this guy is going to make his way up the chain and destroy yeah. people. No, my confidence actually wavered a little bit, which is odd because he still had a great performance. It's weird. It was an know? incredible performance. But like I said, I, I personally feel he struggled because of how much he got hit. I think defense Yes. Um, that's not where he needs to be if he is to face someone who is, like you rightly say, a harder hitter and a more accurate striker in Correct. in um, Josh Emmett. And I think as well, um, perhaps he does need that as a test. He does need basically to draw a line in the sand in terms of what tier he is in. And I feel that Josh Emmett is the person to actually fully test him in terms of capability in terms of defensive techniques but also um, in terms of striking as well oh absolutely and I think that his uh, next fight should be that test that you speak of I think it's game time. I think it's time for him to face a ranked opponent. Opponent, excuse me. I think he needs to go up in the rankings with this win, and he possibly they need to redo the Josh Emmett fight. And if they can't get that right away, I see no problem with him facing even a Sadiq Yosef prospect versus prospect. Why not? Sadiq is coming off a win. Arnold is too, or at least give him maybe someone like Shane Burgo, someone that is going to test this kid, but is also ranked. So I look forward to that. But his performance did leave me with some questions. Some really and I think they'll be answered. Really good matchups. Yeah. Nice one. They'll be, and the questions, yeah, and the questions that <clears throat> we will have will be answered with those types of matchups. I don't need to see him against like a, you know, a grappler or anything. He, we, he's already established that he has great takedown yeah. defense. Give him somebody that is better with their hands than Nick Lentz and see if he survives. And if he does, then we keep moving mm, him up. I mean. That's, that's what I want and, to say. And speaking of moving up, let's move up the card. Uh, or, un- yeah. unless there were other uh, aspects uh, around the prelims that you want to actually get into and you you, you were actually either um, thought would be a really good uh, talking point. Um, there's a couple of them, but I'm going to keep it okay. brief. Just shout out to Montel Jackson versus Felipe Colores. The fight was incredible, and I think we need to keep our eye on Montel mm. Jackson. And I think we need to give Felipe Colores big ups for being so tough. He refused to be knocked out, even though he was wobbly on his feet so many times and just eating shots. And Montel Jackson is a prelim fighter that we, I tell everybody, you got to watch the prelims. There are gems on them. Montel Jackson is a gem. We need to watch out for him and Herbert Burns versus uh, Nate I can't pronounce his name he's the guy that had his debut and he knocked that guy out with that beautiful knee on the on the prelims it was gorgeous so look out for Herbert Burns and um, I just thought the prelims were action-packed they were like I had tweeted that they were fighting like somebody owed the money Mike (laughs) and I noticed you were watching too (laughs) yeah I have to say um, Caloris, I feel, needs to have his chin tested for concrete because he was <laughs> up against the cage but giving as good as he was getting and he was not prepared to go down regardless of how many times, you know, they exchanged. I mean, that exchange was wild. It was crazy. And even even at the third round, at the buzzer, he was like holding on to this Hail Mary of a... Of a <laughs> Of like a guillotine. It was so, like he had so much heart and it was more than heart. I just feel like he was just good old fashioned stubborn. Like I'm not going down this, you know, and I loved it. And Montel is just pretty talented. I think he's just someone we're going to have to look out for. But, but and, you're right um, about Herbert Burns. Yeah. I mean, his, his, uh, yeah. well, his, his uh, KO knee, or, uh, that was just a knee from hell. I mean, Clean. Nate. Landwehr, yeah. there was no way that, you know, he could actually uh, avoid that. I mean, really and truly, that was like a missile. Jesus, I mean, th- the way that, uh, just looking at the slow motion and just looking at the, the replay, oh, I, 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 I don't know, oh. I don't know how he came around so quickly. That was devastating. 
Yeah, and it's a great way to start a fight, man. That's why it's, I keep trying to tell all our listeners, man, you got to you gotta hop on these prelims. Don't ever start a fight just watching the main event or the mm. main card. Some of these prelims have some fire on yeah, them. Yeah, you're right, G. You need to watch more prelims. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I tell you what, I purposely stayed up to watch these prelims only because I, 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 I'll just, you know, lay my cast family on the table only because the Brits were involved but yeah I, I, well, I, I have to say yeah. that that was my KO of the night it was absolutely incredible yeah it was fun mm-hmm. moving up the card the talking points for you mm. for me um, I love Angela Hill and, and the Hellbows that defeated Hannah Cyphers. I like that she stayed in her face and didn't play with any range. Like she was almost, almost like trying to be a bully in this wasn't, fight. Wasn't, and wasn't I know the comments. Wasn't too scrappy for you? I mean, the commentators thought it was too <clears throat> scrappy and she should have used her yeah. range. But I was like, she's winning. What are you guys complaining about? I guess it's not the best game plan for her at this moment. But she's winning and she seems to be all right. And then boom, lo and behold, round two, she does this beautiful tie clinched trip and takes her down yeah. to the ground and, and just unleashes the best elbows I've seen in quite a while. And it was a beautiful performance. I don't know why the, the commentators were complaining so much. They were too harsh with the winning fighters last night a little bit, but I love that fight. I don't what about know. you? For me, Angela Hill, you know, <laughs> I suppose at that level, you know what I'm expecting? I'm expecting accuracy. I'm expected mm-hmm. measured. I'm expecting um, a little bit more, well, I, I suppose precision and to see mm. what effectively it looked like a, kind of like a, a schoolyard bully going to work that's how it came over to me so I can understand you know where you know the commentary was actually coming from when you know it was talking about that as a scrappy performance but no she got the win I mean uh, by any means necessary I, I suppose is the mantra there but yeah I do agree it was quite scrappy yeah, very scrappy, and I was happy with the with the elbows, and also, what do you think of this co-main event, like um, RDA versus Michael Chiesa? First of all, who'd you who'd you have winning that one before the fight? Well, personally, I think it's a lot closer than people gave it credit for. I I I, 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 I like the fact that, you know, everybody seems to be, you know, screaming out that, you know, well, this is kind of like one sided and maybe RDA needs to kind of like consider new career options. But I, I, I was looking through the feed and I was thinking, are we are we watching the same thing here? <laughs> that's interesting <laughs> i mean mike you know how they mm. are if 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 a older fighter or even a prospect gets hit in the wall gets just like kind of things get stopped right yes. away with the loss everybody it's just time for them to retire <clears throat> or they were overrated those are the only two things you're ever going to hear when somebody mm. loses overrated retired do i think rda needs to retire absolutely not is he be is he becoming somewhat of a gatekeeper has he been figured out yes mike me and you don't I don't fight, but I know how to beat Rafael Dos Anjos. You got to crowd him, pressure him, put him against the cage and put him on his butt. And if you're a professional fighter and you follow the recipe, you can do that too. And that's what's happening. Does he need to retire? Absolutely not. He just needs to come at this differently and possibly get paid being a gatekeeper. Like the calls for retirement are dumb, you know. Or, I, I don't or know. perhaps, dare I say it, I'm trying to remember his mm. recent record. And uh, maybe what I'll do, I'll pull up um, fight metrics here. Uh, just bear with me. Uh, I just want to see where his record is because if memory serves me correctly, let me just see. Just bear with me. See, I'm taking a leaf out of your book and uh, f- you firing cheating? up the internet, <clears throat> not relying on memory. <laughs> And there was me thinking that you had an encyclopedic Mm. knowledge and that, you know, you were, you were well up there. No, I have good Wi-Fi in here. It moves quickly. mm, That's what mm. I get. Now, put it this way. (laughs) He's dropped losses to Colby Covington, Kamara Usman, um, Leon Edwards and Michael Chiesa now. Now, to be honest with you, that's like... um, And Khabib. There you go. That's a murderer's role. In terms, it's an all-star of yeah, losses. Yeah, so right. that, that says to me that 
he is fighting the elite of the elite. There are no bums in there. So one, he definitely doesn't need to retire. In two different divisions. Let's not forget that he's also fought at lightweight. That's why I brought up Khabib. You know what I mean? Like, this guy is as good as they come, folks. Like, mm. It's okay if he takes a loss here or two from, you know, top-level guys, you know. And also, too, they have to keep in mind what I said. There is a recipe to beat him. Yes, does RDA needs to work on that, but... It doesn't mean he's washed up or he's old or, you know, and he came in great health. There's no reports of any mm. injuries. He looked great. It's just he's got some stuff to work on, you know, no need for retirement. Yeah, okay. I've got a question for you. I know we're not doing um, because we mm -hmm. have so many to get through in terms of points that people made yeah. via Twitter. We're not doing uh, listener questions, but I've got a question for you. He's dropped, when you look mm -hmm. at this um, in the cold light of day, he's dropped four out of his last five fight albeit at different weight divisions but facts are facts mm -hmm. four out of five fights are losses is it time for him well maybe to take a step away from the UFC albeit you know temporarily and get some wins at a different league I think he's just fine where he is. I just think he needs to, you know, be more of a gatekeeper. Mm. Give him Neil Magny. Give him, you know, like, um, I'm not sure. Has he fought Neil already? See, now I'm doing things off the top of my head. But he needs lower ranked he opponents. He fought and That's beat all. Neil he, Magny he, um, in there 2017. You go. Thank you. But you see the route that yeah. I'm going. Thank you for that fact check. I thought so, too. I'm like, why have I feel like I've seen that fight? Um... He just needs lower-ranked opponents. I don't have them in front of me at the moment. But, no, I don't think he needs to go to a different organization. I, I did see that. And he, I think he would fare well or maybe have a little bit more fun in Bellator. But I'm not ready to just give him up yet. And I think there are still some good fights for him out there. I just think, I think it's okay for, like, our older veteran guys or guys that are just no longer on the top. I think it's okay for them to be mm. gatekeepers until they can't do it anymore. I just, I don't really have a problem with Robbie Lawler, Junior Dos Santos, um, Carlos Condit. I don't have a problem with them being gatekeepers. I, I don't think we just need to throw them away either. Like, I'm glad you know? that you touch on, you know, Junior Dos Santos, though, because I have to say it's difficult to watch somebody who we collectively know has a chin, basically, which is shot, again, suffering a TKO. And it was a... For me, I think it's a pretty devastating TKO. When you look at, you know, the Hulk of a man who is, you know, Curtis Blades and what he actually did, it makes me think, do we want to keep on seeing this, considering what we know? And, and did we ever think that we would see Curtis Blades outbox Junior Dos Santos? I was shocked. I just knew that Curtis Blades was going to mm. take him down and possibly elbow him to death I didn't think he'd beat him up in the standing department I was shocked and it's also painful because it's like Junior Dos Santos is a really nice guy Mike like he's happy-go-lucky he's smiley he's so nice it's just I don't know I take his losses so hard because he's like our nice guy of the UFC so it sucks to see him take a loss but let me run something past you Mike Think about it for a sec. Is he washed up? Should he retire? Or is he a gatekeeper? Let's not forget he beat Derek Lewis and um, tied to Ivasa before running into Francis Nagano and Curtis Blaze, who are two of the, you know, elite right now and the young prospects, not prospects, but the young elite right now in that division. So he's losing to like top guys, but he's also beating up to Ivasa and Derek Lewis. So is he... Is he should I see people saying he should retire? I don't agree with that either. What do you think? You see, he falls into um, the category for me, and it's the old romantic in me wanting to see guys compete because they're really good in fun fights. So he he he, he goes go. into the same category as Cowboy Cerrone for me. I want to see him stick around same. because I like seeing him compete. I like when he's on the bill because maybe just maybe. He gets that TKO. Maybe, just maybe, he gets that KO. I think, again, just drawing on, you know, my memories and fond memories of Cowboy Cerrone, it's reflective that, well, for me, it's, 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 it puts JDS in exactly the same um, category in that, you know, I, I want to see him stick around. 
Yeah, me too. And I just think we're seeing a change of the guard. You know, we're seeing, you know, fighters from back in the mm-hmm. day, you know, that were at the, the, you know, the top of their divisions and, and creating all these wonderful memories and fights for us are kind of slowing down or declining, but yet not ready to retire. And that's what we're seeing. And it's, I think it's okay. We need to transition with them as well to just throw them away with the trash and say they need re- to retire is not really... Um, I think the best thing for them, they're still pretty good. I mean, and there's a whole bunch of them out there. JDS, Frankie Edgar, Carlos Khan, we've named a few. Look at Matt Brown. Like they, it's okay if our favorite fighters diminish a little bit. It doesn't mean we should just turn our backs on them. them but yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and also too, um, big up to Curtis Blades' performance. I mean, he really made one hell of a statement, Mike, you know. I was just telling MMA Twitter, I was like, what's the significance of this fight? Because he got beat up by Francis Nagano twice. And, you know, who's he going to fight? He's just going to bypass Francis again and fight for the title? Like, he's in a really awkward place. So for him to beat up JDS like this really puts a statement out there that he should be considered in title contention with everybody else, even with those two losses. So that was really smart of him to demolish him like that. Exactly. What do you think? No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm exactly with you. And I, you know, part of me says, is JDS that shot? That's why Blades looks so fantastic, or is Blades just mm. that fantastic? That's a good question because. I did notice with JDS that sloppy uppercut he kept throwing Curtis and finally Curtis put him down yeah. because of it. Like Curt- Curtis came over with a, either like a straight right over the top because Junior just kept throwing that ugly ass <laughs> uppercut. And then he seemed to be more concerned with stopping the takedowns, which left him open to that right hand. But then at the same time, his footwork was beautiful because, you know, JDS has a problem with fighting backwards. So you could tell he worked on it. But that didn't matter. Curtis didn't need the takedowns. He just beat the shit out of him anyway. <laughs> so I, I just, my personal opinion, I think JDS is just not good enough to beat Curtis Blades. I think Curtis Blades is in title contention, even with those two horrible losses. I think he's the better fighter. And JDS, seriously, he needs to be a gatekeeper or just be in fun fights right now, period. Definitely agree with you on the fun fights aspect. Speaking of fun fights, yeah, Bellator... 238 was also as I mentioned earlier on well, on at more or less the same sort of time and um, I have to say I was really really eagerly anticipating um, first of all what Pettis um, Sergio Pettis would actually look like I wanted to see or I, I was really hotly anticipating the return of uh, Raymond Daniels as well the human highlight reel but also for me I, I was I was also looking out for um, what we all know was going to be the eventuality in terms of uh, the headline between, you know, um, Cyborg and Bud. But... And mm. Michael, allow me to interrupt. I hate yeah. to interrupt you, but you haven't mentioned my man Pico. Oh, yeah. You wasn't looking forward to Pico? Okay, don't don't disrespect my, my dude well, like that. You know, I'm quite happy to see what happened, but we'll okay. get into it. Okay, I'm glad that, you know, you, you actually put him in the mix because I wasn't I wanted to see him up against someone who wasn't necessarily going to be um, falling over and that come on come on now (laughs) that's what actually happened Um, they put basically someone before him to prop him back up again we've been crying for this yeah I know for God knows how long we've been I was just about saying that basically Bellator need to slow their role in terms of the ferocity and um, competency of his opponents but come on really I mean Effectively, effectively what we saw there was him getting back up on the horse. It was no way, shape or form could that be considered an incremental test. And um, you know what? No, I I wasn't actually looking forward to actually seeing him come back because I knew exactly what the outcome would be. And that's what transpired. Oh, that breaks my heart because I'm like, you knew what the outcome would be because we complained that he was being fed yeah. to the wolves. So now that we give him something body that is probably at his level, we're going to complain that he puts somebody out. That's where he should be and learning how to mix it up. I was happy to see him 
damn near murder somebody. <laughs> what is up with him and every time he punches somebody, it looks like they just mm. die. Like, how much power does Aaron Pico have? Good Lord. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to see him get back in the win column. It's good for his confidence. It's good for Bellator. And he's somebody to keep your eye on. And hopefully they keep developing me developing him properly mm. not mvp style let's not go to the other extreme where they just keep giving him you know easy fights but let's say we just hope that we he develops properly and he can learn to mix it up and continue to prosper because i'm pretty high on this kid he hits hard yeah. the highlight reels are wonderful and, and speaking of hitting hard sergio pettis i mean he did work that was uh, i would say a clinic in terms of how you make a debut he looked incredible Oh, it was fantastic. And and just how exciting was that? It was beautiful. I mean, he literally beat the crap out of the kid. And then he just jumps down to this, you know, choke and puts him out. What a debut and what a message to send to the other, you know, bantamweights in his division. I mean, what a what a beautiful way to, to have a mm, debut. What did you think of um, Daniels know? versus King? I have to say, I was really looking forward to Daniels. Only because I was, I, I wanted to see another highlight reel knockout. And one which hopefully... Um, would entice Michael Venom Page to actually do the do at Bellator London when that actually rolls around. I know I've spoken to MVP um, earlier, or actually, no, it was um, late last year, and he was saying, no, because they are best buds, nothing like that would happen. But late last week, you know, Daniels was actually entertaining the, the, the prospect of actually facing MVP. He acknowledged, yep, no. he actually acknowledged that you know, they wow. really are very, very close friends. But he said, if the money's right, yeah, why not? And I'm sure, I'm sure MVP <laughs> would be saying exactly the same. So there is like a, a ray of hope. There is There's a exactly, glimmer of hope, I, right? I would love to see that. That would be such an incredible um, main event if that were to be put on in London. Oh, I thought it was, um, that would be excellent and i would love that because they're just so flashy and stuff like that would just be like a video game or some just some type of i think we all would just explode if they fought that'd be wild but i was really happy with um raymond daniels win over um jason king i thought it was impressive and flashy and it was just fun i mean that's what you want to see from raymond daniel and that's what he delivered you know so nothing more nothing less and i enjoy his performances and i also like how much how polite he is in his post-fight speech and he just seems like a really really nice guy but according to you if the money is right he will fight his friend and i'm down for it so let's keep our fingers crossed for him and mvp one day you know Um, moving up to the main event but you know what before we get there I think I might be skipping ahead ever so slightly yeah in terms of the other notables those are the ones which I was really really anticipating and really really looking forward to but for you I mean what were the ones which you were kind of like yeah I can't wait for them to actually get it on oh um I was really, really impressed with Darian Caldwell's performance against Adam Borick. I was super surprised that he just came out so aggressively and straightforward with it. I figured that if if Darren won this bout, first of all, I picked Borick to win, but I said to myself, if Darian wins, he's going to like put pressure on him, control him on mm. the ground, and keep taking him down, keep taking him down because he's such an avid wrestler. Instead, he just cut him off with the distance, threw some strikes, level change, took him down, and submitted him. I didn't see that coming. I didn't think he would be that direct and go so aggressively for a submission win like that. And the level changing was beautiful. And it was just such a savvy veteran just performance. And I loved it. And it just really gave Boric that that loss that none of us saw coming, including him. And he looks so sad. And I know he's going to learn from it. But a lot of times when these prospects go against somebody like Darian or a vet, they come and they just end their dreams, bro. And that's what we saw. And it was so <laughs> it was so dope. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like I was I was I and then in the first round, my boom, <clears throat> you know, I was like, God damn. But I, that was I was really shocked by that. I was impressed. And I'm really excited for him now to face AJ. Uh, How do you think that goes down? That's, that's nice. AJ seems to be Ooh. on a roll. He seems to be on a tear. And I, I feel that you know yes. he, he could actually win this tournament. 
But but yeah, but now I have PTSD about Young Bucks fighting Darian uh, Caldwell. Like the dreams. Adam Yeah, at, yeah, he ended his Adam Boric's dream and I was high mm. on him and I feel the same way about AJ McGee that I do about Adam Boric. Like they're just these young, dangerous fighters that nobody seems to be able to stop. And then you got a, a savvy vet like Darian that's like, I'll do the work and I'll figure it out and I'll get it done. You know, and I I just like I don't know. Now I don't know who to pick. And I don't know. I'm so. Con- I'm just like I don't know. What to I'm going with AJ McKee. When in doubt, when really? in doubt. I mean, his movement, fluidity of strikes, plus the angles that he chooses is next level. I, I like I say, I, I really do feel that we have a contender here. But what if Darian is the smarter fighter? Because you could, I, you could have said the same thing about Adam Boris. I mean, come on, that flying knee he he took out Pico yeah, with true. it, and then he slapped he he's he wrecked Pat Curon with the knee that led to a TKO ground mm. and pound, you know, win and. And, you know, Pico and Curon can wrestle a little bit. They were going in for takedowns when this happened. So look what Darian did to another um, guy throwing knees to wrestlers. He, 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 he totally demolished him. So I wonder, is, like, is he going to stun us again with AJ? I might have to pick Darian here. I'm high <laughs> on him right now. You know what? Near the time, press up challenge. Definitely. Yeah, but don't be surprised if I switch it up because I'll be watching footage and stuff like that. Then I'll change my mind. So, but for now, I'm going. You know, Darian. I'll stick to that. Okay. <laughs> so, Bud Cyborg. Um, before we actually get into this, um, given that she was actually coming off a loss coming into Bellator, I've got a question for you. Did you feel that kind of slowed her role in terms of the talk around her, first of all, being the baddest woman on the planet, given what actually happened to her? And did you feel as though, you know, there was a glimmer of hope for Bud, given that that role was actually slowed? No, I was actually, yeah, I I can answer that with the quickness Mm. and um, with authority. I feel um, I was one of those people that was saying, like, I think Cyborg runs through her. I think Cyborg beats her. Do I think that there's a possibility that Julia could surprise me and win? There's always that possibility. But I put my money and my pick on Chris Cyborg. Mm. I don't think one loss, and I tweeted this. I said one loss doesn't mean shit. She lost to the other goat, the woman's goat at that. You know what I mean? And not only that, she lost because she lost her composure. If we rematch them again, we really don't know how that, that, you know, what happens. But... Nonetheless, the fight's over. She did have one loss with Amanda Nunes, but I didn't think that really was something you could compare to Julia Budd. I just think Chris Cyborg, outside of Amanda Nunes, is like the runner-up for women's um, goat. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. she's that good, and I didn't really have um, any problems picking Chris Cyborg, and I wasn't shocked by her performance, which was vintage Chris Cyborg. It was like she lost it. She went berserker, and I loved it. You know, in short, I agree wholeheartedly with everything you said there, but I just want to bring in a phrase which you said or a a, a, a form of words which you related um, to McGregor's win, and that is she was expected to win. Mm. So you think this was a favourable matchup for Chris? Oh, 100%. I mean, look, first of all, what happened in actuality. Everybody knows in terms of skill set, when you put them side by side, it was going to be, you know, like butter through toast. And that's exactly what happened. She was expected <laughs> yes. and she performed yeah. as expected. Yeah, that's, I mean, I picked her from jump. I just didn't, I just don't think that Julia Budd is the better fighter. I, I literally, I believe that Chris Cyborg is the better fighter. And that's what we saw. And did you happen to see um, the, the footage of Julia Budd getting cornered from her husband in between rounds? No, I, I, I didn't didn't see that. What, what, yes, what, what like her going? husband, her husband slapped her and was just yelling at her to wake up instead of giving her technical advice. And I know it wow. made a lot of people cringy because he struck her. And then he also was speaking to her in a t- in a way or a tone that was pretty harsh. Mm. I'm gonna mind my business. I don't know anything about the dynamics of their marriage or how they even coach her. But I remember thinking like. I'm not judging their marriage or anything like that, even though I'm cringing with his advice. But Mm. I was hoping he would give her technical advice because Mike, it looked like Julia Budd didn't know what to do. 
like with cyborg she didn't know how to stop the the output of punches and and just the onslaught and i felt bad for her because i'm like i'm sure she has a game plan but it's not working someone help her like what should she do well in in the face of that smothering style i mean let's just face it it was a you know one-sided suffocation i mean what else I don't know how you game plan for that. It's the same sort of approach, you know, I suppose um, that Khabib takes in that, you know, that smothering style is so hard to game plan for. Yeah, maybe they just literally don't have an answer for it because no one seems to have an answer for um, Chris Cyborg's power. Mm. And that's why Amanda Nunes just, you know, went straight at her and just was like, I'm not I'm not here to figure that out. I'm here to put her down. Yeah. And I think that's the difference between a lot of Chris Cyborg's opponents. Off the rip, they're tentative. Why wait to feel that power? Just go at her and take her out her game. And that's why Amanda is such a good fighter because Julia Budd looked like a fish out of water. And that's a woman that is so accomplished. It was kind of weird to see that. I thought the fight would be a bit more competitive, to be honest with you. Yeah. A little bit more. I'm not surprised, but I'm, I'm a little bit like, wow, Julia froze, you know. But I'm happy for Cyborg. I'm a huge fan. And I mean, I mean, how many belts is this woman going to collect, you know? Well, she's a, a champion in four organizations now. Woo! Which, you know, just kind of like speaks volumes for why people were so passionate. When I actually put up on Twitter, why is this flying under the radar? The amount of comments was... The feedback, you know, right? It, it, yeah. it was truly outstanding. What I like, though, is that the majority, I would say... 90% of those who actually commented had something constructive to say. You know, everybody, or well, now and again, would like to throw in a, a very clever, um, right. well, cl- clever tweet just for clout. But the majority, yeah. I would say, by and large, um, had something interesting. And I, I wouldn't mind us giving our take on basically the comments which actually came up there. Um, <clears throat> first Yeah, up, because it's so funny. You did yours and then mm, I did my own. So yeah. it's like, we yeah, we both did like mutual um, tweets and threads on this topic. So yeah, why not? Let's get into it. Okay. So yeah. first up, um, Terrence Singleton. Uh, he's at TD Singleton on Twitter. Actually, mm-hmm. TD Singleton underscore. He put up, Mike, you forgot people hate Chris Cyborg because Dana told them to and they are sheep. But I'm the crazy guy that'll be watching Bellator while UFC Rally is on. Now, that is, I would say, uh, well, it's a very compelling argument for why um, there is this kind of like backlash. Because if you look, a lot of people are led by popular opinion. And um, Dana's a popular guy. So that might be part of the reason why there was this absolute backlash. Plus the fact that, you know, there was that controversy around the video. While she didn't didn't actually edit it, while she didn't actually subtitle it. And the the video I'm talking about is the one which everybody would have seen by now. Where um, it appears as though Dana White is saying one thing in the actual um, uh, subtitles. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's actually saying something completely different. And it's oh. because her editing team, when creating that video, which had her cyborg um, interacting with Dana White, when that was actually completed, when that was actually um, put together, it was put together incorrectly and it said Dana White saying something different. He now, didn't say, so they manipulated the <clears throat> video content. Exactly. Right. So there, there was obviously that backlash there. So I can see where, you know, um, Terrence Singleton's coming from. But I don't know. What do you think? Um, I just think even though she's phenomenal and fun to watch, she just sometimes lacks in star power. I think Dana does play a a huge role in that because he didn't treat her the way in which he's treated other stars. And I think a lot of that plays into her looks and whatnot, believe it or not. I've heard Joe Rogan, I've heard rumors about people saying certain things about her looking like a man and and whatnot. And I think with this demograph of of, um, 
fans that MMA has, a lot of them are trashy, unfortunately, and a lot of them are sheep, and they just listen to Dana's bullying tactics, and they support him because he's he's done so much for the sport. Well, no, sometimes the guy who's done so much for the sport is a bully, and he says terrible things, and you should know right from wrong. So I think he does take away from her star power, but there's a whole lot of other reasons as to why people are not into her. And also now she fights for Bellator, because I know on my end, Mike, when I put this question out on my Twitter feed, Mm. Everyone stateside, including myself, complained about how the hell do you watch Bellator in the first place? And why is it Mike um, from TV is doing more promoting of Chris Cyborg <laughs> than the actual company <laughs> she works for? So, you know, like, I know you saw that. That's why you're laughing, because I swear to God, people were like, yo, your boy does more promoting for Bellator than, uh, you know, them. And then, gee, what's up with you? And just like, do you watch Bellator? Yeah, but I have trouble keeping up. Well, me too, G. And it's like, because we live stateside. Yeah. Sometimes you go on the app. It's not showing, but it is. But Mike's sitting here blowing the spoilers for me. But I'm like, well, wait a minute. How come Mike knows who won? But I can't watch it on Mm, my my laptop. They do a horrible job with... um, you know, letting us watch the fight live where they're at, whether it's Russia or whatnot, they do a horrible job with splitting it up between the app and the website. And I find that a lot of stateside viewers are also dismayed with how the pacing and how to watch these fights. And Mike, I do agree with them. You were promoting the hell out of this. Where was Bellator? (laughs) You know, well, thanks for that. But, you know, (laughs) funnily enough, that again came up in themes which were emerging when people were responding on my Twitter feed too. We're going to jump into um, another one from mine. So queue up yours after this one. But this uh, this point came from the uh, illustrious and uh, quite well-known, one of the most well-known coaches on the planet, Coach Kavanagh. John Kavanagh um, commented to me, excuse me, unfortunately, it was on a week after a pretty big fight. Obviously, we know what that pretty big fight was that he was talking about. They could have dumped any amount of money into blowing it up, and it still would have been hard to generate noise. The real fans, however, know all about it. Now, that's a really good point. This is coming off the back of arguably one of the most anticipated return returns to the cage when obviously we're a week removed from McGregor versus Cowboy Cerrone. I can see John's point in terms of marketing dollars, in terms of marketing prowess, in terms of press and publicity. Everybody mm-hmm. is still talking about McGregor and Cerrone. Now, this is a week removed, so no, long, no, no, no wonder it's getting lost in the shuffle or it was getting lost in the shuffle. No, no wonder it's hard to actually, you know, against a sea of noise in terms of coverage, in terms of publicity, in terms of ongoing narratives. No wonder yeah. um, it was seemingly going under the radar. I mean, what did you think of his point? I think his point is is pretty valid, and I think that's why Bellator gave us such a stacked card, because for Bellator, this was pretty damn stacked from top to bottom. So I think they tried to fight the McGregor, you know, wave and fandom and all the, you know, everything that came with that fight week by giving us a really good card. Yeah, Mike, um, I think we were having some technical difficulties. Like I was saying, I think Bellator tried to, you know, deal with the the popularity of of the McGregor fight and and it just happening by giving us such a stacked card. But again, they really dropped the ball on not promoting the fight enough, especially knowing that McGregor kind of takes all that air. You know what I mean? I see see where you're coming from, but I do feel that, you know, John does make a really good point in that it doesn't matter how much promotion. A lot of the narratives that, you know, you and I are even still talking about in our Twitter feeds this week are basically narratives which we've been talking about since the fight finished. It isn't anything new. There isn't anything um, that has actually transpired which is groundbreaking or um, revelatory or um, any, anything which is going to be earth-shatteringly different. What we have is, you know, there are so many talking points which are ongoing. So I can see where, you know, John's coming from, to be honest with you. Mm, interesting, interesting, yeah. I mean, I think it's a it's a myriad of, of reasons why this, this card wasn't as, like, 
you know, talked about as as much as you would think, especially with, you know, that main event and, and the Grand Prix and all this other delightful stuff with the Bellator card. It, it just it just there's a lot more going on with Bellator that I know that people frown upon or they're just having trouble grasping. I mean, I have a good one, Mike, from Sirius King. He says um, they need to get focused on what path they want to go. And what he means is. Are they taking UFC leftovers or are they building their own talent? MVP, James Gallagher, etc., are building their own talent, but at the same time, they need to fight better competition. So I did notice that a lot of times in the States, the folks are kind of growing weary of like the MVP fighting cans or like James Gallagher being made to be the star, but not really fighting people on his level. And I know that's a huge gripe. And you just mentioned that you think Julia Budd was a favorable match matchup for Cyborg. So is this a recurring theme in Bellator? Let, let's call it as it is. For me and where I'm sat, I really do think it is a recurring theme. I feel that Bellator has this notion that it's about fun fights. It's about putting bums on seats. And, you know, I think in terms of a business approach, that's commendable. But... It doesn't seem to sit well with fans, especially when you have people like Sirius King kind of like figuring out and scratching his head where and what direction is this promotion going in? Because alongside the serious fights, um, sorry, alongside the uh, fun fights, you have some serious matchups. I mean, look at what they're doing in terms of the Grand Prix, regardless of whether it's, you know, the welterweight Grand Prix. Um, or, you know, the current Grand Prix, you know, there are some interesting and quite incredible uh, matchups. So I can understand, you know, where Sirius is coming from. Oh, same as well. I mean, I, I have similar thoughts as well, because it's just like, is Bellator doing the entertainment thing? Or are we really trying to figure out who's the best in each division? Is this more of a sport? So I think fans sometimes get confused with what direction they're going in, you know? So I think that was a really, really good um, thing to address from Sirius. But Sirius is always on point, you know? He's a pretty hardcore fan. And um, I just have one more, which I thought was interesting to bring up. It's from our very own Middle Easy. He says the problems with Bellator. Remember, Middle Easy is stateside with me. He says it lacks consistent broadcasts at home, meaning the issues with the app and jumping around. And I thought this was interesting. Big John isn't good in the booth. Please use Chael and Goldie, <laughs> which I thought was pretty interesting. I do see some people complaining about Big John's um, commentating, especially when he made those comments about like MVP even being like better or having a better career than Anderson Silva, which was nuts. Um and just, you know, the tight grip he has on people after he speaks to them is just a lot of people do complain about the commentating in Bellator. Me, they can do a little better, but I think it's the least of their problems. You're right. But, you know, going back to what he was saying there in terms of chopping and changing in terms of are we watching this on the app? Are we watching this on TV? Are we watching this on YouTube? Mm -hmm. They really do need a chosen and, 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 yes. and a clear path to actually accessing the product. I think that is more, in terms of triage, if this were a hospital and we were actually um, assessing the emergency here, the emergency is actually getting the platform consistent so that people know exactly where they're going to. And it's not just a stateside thing. It actually happens here. And the frustration I can hear in, you know, Middle East's tweet is actually being felt and is it has resonance on this side of the um side of the pond as well so I totally and 100% I wholeheartedly agree with where he's coming from there and it is felt by us on this side of the planet mm. I mean I'm, I don't want to make this like a bash of Bellator episode either I just want to say that me personally Gina I like Bellator and I've gotten into it into the past and then I fell off but now I'm back and I, I quite understand like the entertainment aspect of things. I see some things that I don't like as well, but I would have to say my number one gripe is that I can't even watch something that I want to get into. And I think a lot of people feel that way. If Bellator could just as clean up how we watch fights stateside and also what Mike, what you were just saying, it's affecting Europeans as well. If they could just figure out the app, doesn't, you know, um, the zone and, and just how to make it a bit more <laughs> structured on how to watch something we want to enjoy, their viewership will go up and, 
and perhaps you know we'll get into it a bit more than than what's going on right now I mean, just before we do wrap up, the, the final thing I just wanted to emphasize and kind of echo what you just said there. No, this isn't uh, a Bellator bashing session. I would say out of all the promotions that I've had the pleasure of actually, um, well, having the pleasure of speaking to in terms of their promotion, in terms of their matchmaker, in terms of their mixed martial artists, they are the most open to listening to constructive criticism and I feel that's what the fans are actually offering here they're offering a means by which people can candidly discuss and actually put forward um, reasons by which it would make for a better viewing platform better viewing experience and better fan um, immersive experience if they could just get a few things tweaked we're not saying destroy uh, and build. We're not right. saying scorched earth. We're saying, you know, if you tweak this, if you change that, you would make a lot of us a lot more happier. And if we make them happy, Bellator is happy because we're going to spend more money. We're going to watch it more. We're going to we're going to help them rival the UFC. Maybe they're going to get more talent. They're going to, you know, so they really need to just maybe take heed to like, we want to watch Bellator, just make it easier for us. You know, other than that, I like it. it it's, it's what Sirius King said on his podcast. It's almost like sometimes the appetizer to your meal and sometimes the appetizer is better than the meal, you know? So I really, really enjoyed that when Sirius said that and it resonated with me. I, I do enjoy Bellator. I don't care what the haters say, you know? Well, if you want to join this conversation just before we wrap up, you can continue any of the topics that you've actually heard on this week's WOCast by joining us online. I'm at Mike Wo TV on Twitter and G is at G okay, Cody, uh, from Wo TV on Twitter. Em. So until next time, make some trouble. Right. See you.